Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Tuesday, June 15th. It's the 10th anniversary of the Boston Bruins winning the Stanley Cup Game 7 in Vancouver. I can't believe it has been 10 years. Uh, I'll share a story or two about my experience watching that game here today on the podcast. Before we get into all that, uh, as well as some actual news and um, what Bruce Cassidy had to say in his postseason media availability, let me remind you that the podcast is available Monday to Friday uh, through the remainder of the playoffs at least, so please do hit that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, uh, listen, and enjoy If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, the podcast is at LOBostonBruins. On Instagram, we're LockedOnBruins. And you can find me and my dad jokes and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. Now, to begin the podcast, I mentioned there was some actual news, and the Bruins have signed forward Jesper Froden to a one-year contract with an NHL cap hit of about $842,000. He's a 26-year-old. He skated in 52 games with the Swedish Hockey League's Skelleftia AIK in 2020-2021, recording a team-high 22 goals and 18 assists for 40 points. Uh, The 22 goals were tied for third amongst all Swedish Hockey League skaters last season. He's a Stockholm native. He also represented Sweden at the 2021 uh, Men's World Championships, uh, recording three goals and one assist for four points in five games. He was the 2020 SHL Rookie of the Year after scoring 12 goals and adding 17 assists for 29 points in 49 games. Uh, Prior to his debut in the SHL, he spent parts of seven seasons skating in Hockey Allsvenskan, the second highest league in Sweden. Um, Don Sweeney said, The Bruins are very pleased to be adding Jesper to our organization. We have tracked his growth in the SHL where he has proven to be highly productive, competitive, and a smart two-way player. He's very excited to join a competitive team with the opportunity to compete for a roster spot. He's a right-hand shot, and if you Google Froden on, uh, you know, YouTubes, you can see some pretty impressive highlights from this guy. He had a a nice uh, goal off the rush that I saw, a power play goal from kind of a Pasternak-type spot of scoring uh, from the uh, left circle, and yeah, he looks uh, it looks pretty impressive. So who knows where he'll fit in with the Bruins next season? But uh, always nice to add some depth and some players who can score. And uh, very excited to see uh, what they have in this guy. So a very encouraging start to the off season, at least adding some depth up front. Now, as we move deeper into the off season. Uh, There will, of course, be more news and notes and speculation in regards to 
changes being made to the lineup. Uh, Bruce Cassidy, Boston Bruins head coach, met with the media on Monday to look back on the 2020-21 season, specifically how things ended with Boston's second-round exit to the New York Islanders. He believes the Bruins were not far off from being on the other side of the series, but the biggest downfall was the team's inability to find ways to win on nights they were without their best. He said he felt they had pockets of real good hockey against the Islanders, particularly at home, uh, games two and five. He thought they certainly played well enough to win. He said, I guess where it went wrong, what they did better than us was find a way to win games when they maybe didn't have their A game or stay in games through tougher stretches. Uh, That takes us to game six. We weren't able to put out fires in the second period that we created ourselves. That was another area. Puck management cost us in some games. Plays they made, obviously thinking about, you know, Casey Sezikis in game two overtime. He said, you have to credit the Islanders for that. They're good at putting pressure on you, forcing you into mistakes. At the end of the day, that was an area of the game that we needed to be cleaner. Penalty kill didn't get the job done as it typically did during the year and against Washington. Some of that was some tough luck around the net, but the numbers were there, so that's an area that we could have been better, clearing the front of the net, and so on. Playing from behind in New York, some second period breakdowns. Uh, They're good at transitioning. We weren't able to handle that, and that showed up again in Game 6. Those are probably the areas at the end of the day that cost the Bruins, Bruce Cassidy said. Not a lot to pick between the two teams, but at the end of the day, at key moments, they came through in Game 5 and 6, And as a result, they get to move on. There were a few other key takeaways from Cassidy's availability. The primary one being uh, him saying that he has no regrets on choosing to run with Tuka Rask throughout the course of the playoffs, despite the fact that he will need off-season surgery to repair a torn labrum in his hip. He said, we felt he gave us the best chance to win. Didn't work out that way. Some of those decisions also go through the leadership group. Where are you guys at in terms of your mental psyche with the goaltending? So talking to Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, for example, they were all on board with Tuca as well. They certainly believe in Jeremy Swayman, but Tuca's been there and done it. That's where the decision came from. At the end of the day, it didn't work out. You're always going to analyze some things after the series, but that's when we felt He gave us the best chance to win. That was the decision. He was healthy enough to play. He had played well, and that was that. Cassidy has certainly come under fire in recent days for the decision to play Tugarask uh, exclusively in the playoffs, although uh, Jeremy Swayman played one period uh, after the revelation of the hip injury. And, you know, it's hard to argue against Tuka Rask after he played so well against the Washington Capitals in round one, a 941 save percentage. The numbers in the second round were not there, a sub 900 save percentage. Um, But, you know, Cassidy said it wasn't just him making the decision. Uh, The process was Tuka acknowledged that he was playing hurt. He met with them every day, the medical staff, himself, uh, goalie coach Bob Essensa, to go through his status. They got different results in the second round, but obviously some of that was team-oriented as well. 
We don't put everything on the goalie when you lose, he said, just like when you don't when you win. In that case, we were never going to run out a player that wasn't fit to play. So it first passed through Tuca. He regularly told us he was ready to go. In game five after the second period, I thought he didn't look as sharp, Cassidy said. Goalie Bob talked to him and said he was lacking some energy, so he said, well, we'll go with Swayman in the third, then we'll sort out game six. He came back the next day feeling better, going through his routine, his maintenance, uh, felt ready to go. Then it came on me, Bruce Cassidy, to make the final call. Who gives us the best chance to win? And they felt that other than game five, it was uh, Tuca who gave them the best chance to win. If he couldn't go, then it would have been an easy decision. Swayman was the next guy up. He'd been preparing to go in if something should happen. Tuca was fit to go. It did factor in a little bit, but at the end of the day, it was more about Tuca and less about Swayman. Cassidy added there was no point in which they thought about shutting Tuca down for the season. He missed a month during the regular season. They tried to get him the rest he needed. Guys play through injury all the time. And, you know, with Tuca, it was just a matter of getting him some rest, getting him his point of care treatments, put his schedule together for maintenance, check with the individual on a daily basis to see how he's progressing. You hope that's enough to keep him ready to play. That was the discussion, and that's how it played out. Uh, So Cassidy, very open about the whole process, uh, saying, you know, it was kind of a team effort between Tuca, himself, goalie coach Bob Essensa, uh, sounds like Don Sweeney even got in there at some point to uh, get some input. At the end of the day, they felt Tuka Rask, at this point in his career, gave them a better chance of winning than a rookie in Jeremy Swayman, who has very limited NHL experience. You can debate that uh, all you want and, you know, rightfully believe that maybe they should have gone with Swayman. But at the end of the day, uh, it was Tuka's net, and he, you know, wasn't awesome in the the second round against the Islanders, but it wasn't just on him. The team in front of him did not play well either, particularly in Game 6. Uh, before we get to some more of what Bruce Cassidy said on Monday, let's talk for a moment about Rock Auto. It's a family-owned business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com, you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Their prices are always reliably low, and the same for pros as well as do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Now Bruce Cassidy was uh, very pleased with the addition and performance of Taylor Hall to the Bruins lineup. The 29-year-old winger recorded 8 goals and 6 assists in 16 regular season games, added 3 goals and 2 assists in 11 postseason appearances, and he found some great chemistry alongside David Krejci and Craig Smith. 
He played very well for us, Cassidy said. Finishing up against the Islanders didn't have the numbers. The whole line didn't have the numbers they had against Washington and in the regular season. Some of that is a learning curve for the player. The deepest he's ever been in the playoffs, that being Taylor Hall. Usually the harder it gets as it goes along, and those are some things you just have to learn on your own as a player to a certain extent. Hopefully he's better off for it the next time he's in that position. As for... How, what he brought to the team, he really balanced out the attack in terms of lines A1 and B1, 1A, 1B, and I think that made it difficult on opponents, Cassidy said. He really re-energized Krejci and his play. Smitty sort of found his way to that line. Smith played well with everybody, however. At the end of the day, that's what I saw with Taylor. Now, Cassidy added he hopes the former Hart Trophy winner, who is set to become an unrestricted free agent next month, is back with the Bruins next season. The next playoffs he's in, he'll be better prepared for it, and I hope it's with the Boston Bruins. He did a good job for us, Cassidy said. He added he's a good player, he's a good person, he works hard, he knows what he wants out of his career now, he's been in a few different places, he's made some money, hopefully both sides can make it work. The other benefit of being here for the full season would be to watch how hard a guy like Brad Marchand practices and plays every day of the season. Brad will take the occasional maintenance day, but other than that, when he's on the ice, it's 100% competing against whoever in practice, second effort in games. That can only help a player like Taylor, who's a little further ahead and has been through some of that and has some seasons like Marshy where he's an elite player. If he's going to get back to that level, I think watching Marchand every day would be a huge benefit for him. So Cassidy, yeah, kind of adding that uh, little bug in Hall's ear. Uh, Not only is it a good fit, but also, uh, you know, would be good for his career to learn from a guy like Brad Marchand on a day-in and day-out basis. We've seen how uh, Marshy has... Uh, evolved over the years you think back to his role with the team when they won the cup 10 years ago today what he's become now uh, quite remarkable growth and you know Taylor Hall's obviously a bit later in his career or maybe you know at the halfway point say uh, but he still can uh, take his game to another level as we saw with the Bruins compared to what he did with the Sabres and uh, it would be good to learn from from a guy like Marchand, who was able to, uh, you know, tailor his game, uh, become an elite left winger, and continue to excel well into his 30s. Now, another winger who could use some mentoring is Jake DeBrusque. And Cassidy, that was another big part of his media availability, was talking about uh, the young winger and what um, can be done to help him get on track next season. He said he was going to take some time before meeting with DeBrusque because things were a little raw after how the season played out. DeBrusque recorded only five goals and 14 points in 41 games, lowest totals of his career, in and out of the lineup, uh, being on the COVID list, as well as being made a healthy scratch. He said, I think, Jake, there needs to be a little time. My conversations with Jake, I think, would have been too raw the day after. The player has to have some time to uh, himself, 
going to sit down this week now that we've both digested and see if we can sort through a bit of the season and say, okay, let's find some common ground on where you see yourself fitting into this lineup and where I feel you need to be better and see if we can sort through some of the stuff now that the season's over. Cassidy, during the season, was very open about wanting players who you know, give second and third efforts. That, quite honestly, wasn't there with DeBrusque much this season. And that will probably be a huge talking point between the two when they sit down. Cassidy said, It's up to me to dig a little deeper with him so we can get to the root of what's going to make him the best player. Uh, They've tried that, he said. Players have meetings with coaches, but you're always on to the next game, so you can get through some of it, but maybe this will be a little bit of a longer process with Jake. The team feels he's a good kid. He's been a good player for the Bruins. He has been inconsistent, so part of that falls on him, obviously. It's his job to get ready. Part of it fails on the coaching staff to get the best out of him. Uh, You know, we've heard that before, but that is what they're going to try to dictate. Hopefully, they can find some common ground and, uh, at the end of the day, get him to where he needs to be. Now, that is provided he is a member of the Boston Bruins next season. Uh, Very much a trade candidate, I would say, although his value... Uh, Could not be lower after this season, but still he could be in the mix to be flipped for some help on uh, defense, uh, certainly, especially since they do have a lot of depth on the left side of the lineup, uh, which was a reason why DeBrusque was flipped to the right side, and that certainly didn't help his game either. Now here on Tuesday, uh, General Manager Don Sweeney and Team President Cam Neely will address the media uh, via Zoom. So on tomorrow's podcast, I'll be sure to recap that and what we learned from uh, kind of the management and up from uh, you know their take on how the season played out and how it ended and what could be ahead here uh, in the off season. Also going to have a mailbag on tomorrow's podcast, so please send some questions into at LOBostonBruins on Twitter, LockedOnBruins on Instagram, or at McLaren on Twitter as well, and I will be sure to answer those on the podcast tomorrow. Any questions you have about the season that was, the offseason upcoming, anything in the future, um, anything fun either, uh, that would be great. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, UFC. Before the next game, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. You can also sign up for a free account and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams continue their run in the playoffs. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Today on Locked On Today, the Nets are down to one star. Can Kevin Durant carry them past the Bucks? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. As I mentioned, it is the 10th anniversary of the Bruins winning the Stanley Cup in Game 7 over the Vancouver Canucks. 
I remember vividly watching that game in the comfort of my uh, basement apartment, and I was uh, having to be very quiet because we had a 10-month-old who was sleeping at the time, so when they won, I had to go into the backyard and, uh, you know, enjoyed a, uh, an adult beverage or two out there, very happy about the 4 nothing victory in Vancouver. Uh, then I came back inside and saw the riots that were happening, so that captured my attention there for a bit as well. Uh, but still, I was uh, basking in the only Stanley Cup win in my lifetime for the Boston Bruins to date. Hopefully there are more ahead. Um, but yeah, what a night that was. Uh, completely overjoyed and probably the happiest I've been uh, sports-wise in my life. I've seen my favorite teams win a couple other championships. Uh, the Blue Jays won when I was very young, uh, 11 and 12 years old. Uh, the Raptors won a couple years ago, uh, which was amazing. Uh, there was a chance that the Bruins and Raptors could have won championships on back-to-back nights there. Only one of those came through. Uh, that would have been uh, unprecedented <laughs> stretch for me personally. But, um, you know, at least the Bruins did have uh, that one win back in 2011. Wish they had a couple more uh, or at least one more since. But here we are, and uh, you know it's still something to celebrate for sure. A lot of hockey fans living now haven't seen their teams win a Stanley Cup, and uh, certainly lucky to have at least one under our belts here. Now let's finish with some other news and notes from around the NHL. The Vegas Golden Knights beat the Montreal Canadiens in Game 1 of their series last night. They look uh, very, very good, and... Um, for my money, they're probably the team to beat at the moment. The Islanders took care of the Lightning in Game 1 there, and they'll be um, looking to take a 2-0 series lead. Not really you know, excited about either of those teams at the moment, uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Dougie Hamilton looks like he could be on the move. The Hurricanes have given him permission to speak to other teams in a possible sign-and-trade scenario. If he were to sign a contract extension with the Hurricanes, he can do so for eight years, and they can then trade him and that contract to a team that wants to keep him uh, through, uh, you know, the prime... I don't know if it would be the prime of his career. He's 28 now, so it would be 28 through 36. Uh, could be a lot of money being paid out in those later years. Uh, but I'm sure a lot of teams will be very interested in uh, Dougie Hamilton's services if he is indeed going to be made available. And that could, uh, you know, boost the trade market with Seth Jones reportedly on the table as well. Alec Martinez scored in the game last night for the Vegas Golden Knights. He's a guy that I am very high on and would love to see the Bruins make a play for as Charlie McAvoy's uh, defense partner. Uh, the way he's playing, though, could be very expensive and they may not be able to afford him, but uh, he's a guy that I would really, really look at. Uh, the Rangers have hired Gerard Gallant as their new head coach. Uh, he just won a gold medal with Canada at the World Championships. He has a very proven body of work and, you know, took the expansion Golden Knights to the uh, final in their inaugural season. 
Um, so that's a great hire for them. I'll, I'll be glad to not be in their division anymore as I th- really see them as a team on the rise. Uh, Pecorine won the King Clancy Memorial Trophy as well. And there will be more announcements. I believe the Selkie Trophy will be announced on the 18th. Uh, so we'll see if our boy Burry gets to set the record for the most wins. That's it for today's episode. I'll be keeping an eye on Sweeney and Neely's availabilities later today, and we'll recap those tomorrow as well as the mailbag. Uh, as for tonight, maybe watch a bit of hockey, but can't yet bring myself to continue to watch the Islanders. So probably watch some Lupin as well as the F1 Drive to Survive show on Netflix, which I'm really getting into. Still in season one, but uh, very high drama, more than I I thought there would be. And uh, the racing is incredible as well. So uh, check that out if you're not quite ready to watch uh, Lightning Islanders, but looking for some compelling sports entertainment. Hope you're all doing well, having a great week. Uh, Take care of yourselves today. Take care of each other. Get outside if you can. And uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Have a great one, friends.